You are listening to Meet the Thriller Author, the podcast where I interview writers of mysteries, thrillers, and suspense books. I am your host, Alan Peterson, and this is episode number 136. In this episode of the podcast, we'll be meeting Dana Stavenow, who is an author of science fiction, mystery, crime fiction, suspense and thrillers, and historical adventure novels. Her latest book, Spoils of the Dead, was just released. It's the fifth book in the Liam Campbell series, which is set in her home state of Alaska. Before we get to the interview, though, make sure to visit thrillingreads.com forward slash links to access the links to be able to check out the show notes for this episode, as well as links to rate and review this podcast over at Apple Podcasts, and where you can join my Thrilling Reads mailing list to access amazing deals on best-selling thriller and mystery books. That's thrillingreads.com forward slash links. All right, now on to my interview with Dana Stevens. Uh, hi, everybody. This is Alan with Meet the Thriller Author, and I'm excited to have uh, Dana uh, Stave now. I'm sorry. What's How do you pronounce your last name? It's Stavenow. Don't worry. Nobody ever gets it right. <laughs> <laughs> I should have asked you that before. Dana is an, uh, is an Edgar Award winning and New York uh, Times bestselling author of crime fiction and thriller books. And her latest novel, Spoils of the Dead, will be published on February 4th. Uh, really excited to have Dana here on the podcast. Welcome. Thank you. It's lovely to be here and to see you. <laughs> yes, yes. The new the new way, right? The new Zoom way. <laughs> yeah. uh, so can you tell us a little bit about your background and uh, your journey to that led you to becoming the, an author? I feel like I've told this story in nine million times. <laughs> Sorry, you caught me a little flat-footed. Um, I was born in Alaska. I've lived there all my life. It seems natural to me to write about it. And of course, you know, it's a big place. So I move my characters all over it. Um, exploiting every bit of it that I possibly can. Probably the reason that I write crime fiction is because I was raised in a really small town called Seldovia. Um, it's across the bay from where I live now. Uh, you have to, there's no road to it. You have to fly or you have to take a boat. And we didn't have our own police. So when there was trouble in the town, we'd have to call the Alaska State Troopers to come in. At that point, they were stationed in Nanilchik. And, you know, in a small town where there's only like three or 400 people, there's not a lot to do. So when you hear that the troopers, the Alaska State Troopers come to town, naturally all the kids go out to the airport to see him land in his plane and climb out. So that's what we did. <laughs> and I remember one time something pretty bad happened in the town and the trooper came and I remember him getting out of that plane and getting out of that plane and getting out of that plane. He was a very tall man and... Um, dressed in the very wonderful state trooper uniform with the smoky hat. And I think at that moment, I didn't know it at that time, but I think at that moment I was going to start writing crime fiction at some point in my life. Well, were you a fan of the of, of the genre, uh, reading it at, before Honestly, then or no? no. <laughs> I'm sorry to say no. Um, I didn't read crime fiction for years. Uh, my mother read a lot of crime fiction and she kept trying to get me into it. And I think probably just in, you know, that perverse way that kids have. No, I'm not going to do it because my mom does it. Um, I, I think I was in my early 20s before she managed to finally force me to read The Daughter of Time by Josephine Tay, in which Josephine Tay breaks all of the crime fiction conventions and which I didn't know until I'd read a lot more in the genre later in my life. And then, of course, you know, there was no looking back. I didn't read anything but for a long time. And how long did it take you? Uh, what was the driving force that led you to try to write your your own book? 
Well, I, God, you know, I mostly, geez, you know, you want me to tell the truth, I suppose. Mostly, <laughs> basically, I was just having a good time in my 20s. <laughs> you know, we, the Trans-Alaska Pipeline was being built and everybody my age wanted to go see what was going on. So I got a job on the pipeline and that led to a job on the slope in the oil fields. And then I find that I got to, I think I, I got to a point where I thought, you know, okay, it's time to fish or cut bait. I had an undergraduate degree undergraduate degree in journalism. So uh, what do I want to do? Do I be a journalist? For one thing, it didn't pay. And like, you know, crime fiction was going to pay anymore. Um, and I thought, well, okay. I So I went back to school, I got my master's degree. And my goal was that I was going to publish a novel before I ran out of my savings. And I just barely made it. Oh, and wow. it wasn't crime fiction. It was science fiction. I didn't write the... My first crime fiction novel, the first Kate Chuyak novel, I didn't publish until after I had published two fiction novels. Oh wow! And what was your first? Uh, what was your first book that was published? And it was it was a science fiction. Was the first one? Yeah, it's called Second Star. Oh. It's about um, yeah, it's uh, about colonizing low Earth orbit. Oh. And so, for those uh, for listeners who aren't familiar with your work, can you describe uh, your your, uh, your writing style, your books, your your crime fiction, your thriller books to us? I have said to friends of mine. Don't put up a tombstone for me after I die. But if you do, <laughs> this is what I want on it. She wrote with vigor. <laughs> <laughs> like it. <laughs> I just, I, I'm, I like you are there books. I like books that I step, I can like climb into like a time machine or a, a, a traveling machine to that will transport me to that world. And that is exactly what I, the way I try to write. I'm somebody once told me in a not very approving tone that I certainly did a lot of detail in my books. And I thought, well, yeah, that's what I like to read. So that's what I write. And uh, how many books do you have published so far? Oh, man, I think it's about 37. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's <Yeah>. awesome. <laughs> um, so can you tell us about your latest book, uh, uh, Spoils of the Dead? What's it about? Swales of the Dead is a return to characters um, that were last published, I think it's 16 years ago oh, now. Wow. And I can't really write a book until I come up with a halfway decent plot. And so I had stumbled across this book about an archaeological find. And I thought, hmm, what could I use that for in the way of creating a plot? And of course, immediately I thought of when I was working for the oil companies for BP. And I thought about all the environmentalists that they had up there on staff and how they weren't much in the way of environmentalists. They were there basically just to sign off on everything that the oil companies did. And I thought to myself, well, wouldn't it be fun if there was an archeologist that a natural resource extraction company would you know, hire to do the same thing? And it took off from there. And then I wanted to relocate these. Uh, it's, it's standard operating procedure for um, Alaska state troopers to move around the state. They don't have, a, a, they don't stay in the same place all the time. They move them around. And uh, Liam had the state trooper character featured in Spoils of the Dead had been in uh, Newenham, the, the fictional town of Newenham for years. And I thought, okay, moving. There's other personal stuff going on in their lives that um, help move him as well. But um, that was the main thing. I wanted to move him. 
What was it like to re- revisiting uh, uh, characters that you hadn't uh, worked for uh, 16 years? Or <laughs> Well, the first thing I had to do was go back and skim through all the books to remember what he was doing and, you know, all the characters. But because I t- it took a lot longer to write than I remembered to begin a series because, well, and I've learned stuff now, you know, it, it, it isn't like, you know, I'm brand new to the game anymore. I know there are certain things that you have to tick off on the list. And you, for one, have to create, the most important thing is that you have to create some kind of a decent supporting cast. A supporting cast in a book, it's not the main character. I don't have never believed. It's not, certainly not only the main character that's, that sells a book to a reader. It is the supporting cast. The supporting cast gets a backstory. Every member of the supporting cast gets a backstory. I don't care if it's one line or if it's a subplot that runs the entire line of the book, you have to have that supporting cast in place. Well, they just don't miraculously appear. So it took a lot more work than I thought it was going to. And then of course I have to describe the setting, which is also very important to me because I think once you understand your setting, then you know who lives there and you can figure it up to. Yeah, and Alaska is such a big part of your book, so it's kind of like a like reading a Michael Connolly in L.A. You know, the the oh, high wash. Pretty, yeah. Well, thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. yeah. Um, the setting is, I, you know, Alaska in the Alaska books. Mm-hmm. Alaska is probably one of the main characters. I'm not even probably. Alaska is one of the main characters yeah. of all the books set in Alaska. Yeah, it's like it's like the the last uh, Western frontier kind of like I've never been there yet, but uh, it's some it's come on got, up. yeah yeah I gotta come on up but after the pandemic <laughs> I have to go up there yeah yeah not right away but come yeah. up when you can <laughs> yeah yeah and speaking of the pandemic how, how how has that affected your your writing uh, the process or anything it's been sort of a seesaw mm-hmm. um, I was doing I at first I thought to myself well you know. I work at home. I'm self-employed. I, you know, I'm actually still getting paid for my work because all people have to do is go to Amazon and download a Kindle um, or order it up from a good bookstore that ships. And I thought this is, this was a pandemic for me. I thought in my arrogance, well, it turns out that I need people just as much as everybody else does. Mm. And along about May, when the real serious lockdown started, I mean, I, it was so hard. I was extreme one word at a time, even more slowly than I think I ordinarily do. It took a lot longer to write a page or a chapter and to finish this book. I I was surprised. The only thing that I can compare it to is I felt in some respects a lot like the way I felt after 9-11. That was also a very difficult time to write because, hey, I'm, you know, I'm not inventing a cure for cancer here. It's kind of hard when all of this horribleness is going on around you to convince yourself that you're doing something good in the world by just writing a book. Yeah, yeah, it's hard on the psyche. I talked to a lot of people, a lot of writers, and they've all experienced that too. So it's, it's kind of interesting. Um, but yeah, hard, hard not to affect us. What is uh, what, what are you working on uh, now? Are you, are you continuing on the series? Are you have a new series coming on? What's next up for you? I'm working on a book called, I'm, I'm writing a historical um, series that is set in Alexandria in the time of Cleopatra. It features the Eye of Isis, which is the uh, Queen, Cleo, Queen Cleopatra's private investigator slash enforcer. 
And I've just, I've already written the first book in the series. I think it came out two years ago, but don't hold my feet to the fire in that. It's called uh, Death and I, and I'm working on the second one now. I'm very close to finishing the second one now. It's called Disappearance of a Scribe. <laughs> oh, wow. And what's the, uh, is the research process, is your process to do writing a thriller versus a, a historical? Is it a lot different? Is it a lot more work required? <laughs> Um, well, if I set a book in Alaska, I still have to do research, but mm. I will admit that the research has increased to an order of magnitude <laughs> when you're writing a book that's a thousand years in the past, halfway around the world. Yeah. I did manage to squeak in a trip to Egypt just before the pandemic hit last um, December. And I mean, you talk about cutting it short. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. But for the rest, it's in all books. It's just, it's been, you know, I mean, you should see my research shelf. Oh my God. That's <laughs> <No>, plural. <laughs> and what's your, um, what's your writing process like then? Do you like, uh, when you actually do your research, do you, do you have to outline your books or are you like a seat of the pants type of writer? Mostly I, you know, I fell into the habit of writing outlines because um, I used to be contractually required by my um, publisher to provide an outline and they would pay X amount of dollars on the, when you submitted that outline and they approved it. Mm. And basically it's just economic security for them. They want to see if you're actually going to, you know, they want to take a look if they're actually going to write you a check for. Yeah. Um, but uh, so yeah, I kind of got in the habit of it, but I don't, outline extensively is like say somebody like Jeffrey Deaver who I heard once say writes 80 page outlines generally what I do I'll write I'll write a you know I'll have I'll guess that there'll be 15 or 20 chapters in a book and then I'll write a paragraph projector saying what happens in each of those chapters now that is not to say that I, I follow the outline slavishly because I almost never do something really happens two-thirds one-third to two-thirds of the way through the book where it's like, oh, all is revealed. And I then the story pretty much takes off on its own. Yeah. And the sooner that happens, the better. <laughs> yeah, that's what I always figured. That, like, you know, they say, oh, if I've too outlined, it takes away from the fun. Well, it's, it's like, well, it's not like it's etched in stone. It could still grow and change as you write. You have to let, you have to allow your characters room. Yeah. To, you know, you're, you, I mean, if you, God, if you're really lucky and your characters take off, they start living their own lives. And basically you're just scrambling to keep up. That is, in my opinion, the preferred outcome. And um, and what do you use? Uh, I always ask this question. Uh, what 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 do you use to write? Is it like a like Microsoft Word or something? Oh, uh, Pages on. Page. Uh, I I have a Mac. So. Oh yeah, Pages. Yeah. Oh cool. Okay, that's the you're the first one that's uh, usually it's a Word oh. or some other software. It's really cool. He's like throw me uh, off. Yeah, except <laughs> nobody else uses Pages. It seems like except for me. So whenever I submit it, I have to export it to a Word doc to send it on. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Well, that's good. Yeah, I've been, uh, I, I'm on a I'm on a Mac too. Uh, and recently, now they changed to the. You don't have the word anymore. It doesn't work with the, whatever version I am now. This big source. So now I've I've been using Pages now for the last few months. So I like it. But I like it too. Yeah. I like it better in Word. You know. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and so then, when you get the edits back for, as a Word doc, then you you bring it back into Pages. Um. Generally, it comes as a PDF. Oh, okay. The edit comes back as the PDF, and you know, you you I don't have to explain that to you. I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Hmm, interesting. Interesting. That I that I do that. The editing comes PDF, and the page proofs come as PDF. And once I got used to it, I have to say I love it. I mean, 
I can't even remember how much money I used to have to spend on printing out stuff and mailing it in for the postage. Mm. I, it, I mean, it was a God, I spent a lot of money on that and it's great not to do that now. Yeah. I can imagine, especially like said, yeah, setting out this querying and you had to pay for this postage back and yeah, yeah, it was, that, that was yeah. crazy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I would have said you were too young to know that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I've, I've read. <laughs> yeah, um, but um, and so what? Uh, do you still find time to read? Uh, you still enjoy reading uh, crime fiction and thrillers, or are you too busy? <laughs> it's my I, reading has always been um, my primary recreational activity. Yeah. Um, yes, I'm reading. I read. I'm. I have a book going. Not all, I don't only read crime fiction. I pretty much read everything. I read a lot of nonfiction, mm -hmm. um, partly because I love history and also partly because you never know where you're going to find that you want to write about. <laughs> uh, and when's, uh, are you going to continue on with the uh, Liam Campbell series uh, eventually? Or? Um, honestly, it depends on what this one sells. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know that, uh, that um, my publisher will want to continue it. I hope so. I, mm -hmm. I do have some more stories to tell in that series but we'll see i'm sorry to be so hard-nosed about it but you know yeah. it's how i make my living so. yeah yeah it's, that's the, it's the it's the the working writer's world right i mean it's it is what it is <laughs> well uh so spoils of the dead comes out on february 4th so if people like the, the book you better go out and get it so she so the publisher uh <laughs> order some more <laughs> can i accidentally put you on retainer there alan <laughs> yeah no no pressure there right <laughs> Um, but anyway, uh, so that comes out February 4th. Uh, where can the readers, uh, where can the listeners uh, find out more about you? You have a website or? Um, yeah, stabno.com. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Really enjoyed talking to you about, uh, about your work and your books. Make sure I get a link so I can uh, uh, post it to the Danny Maniacs page. Don't want to hear. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'll send that to you. Okay. Thanks, <laughs> right, thank Alan. you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Meet the Thriller Author. For show notes and to access the interview archive, please visit my website at thrillerauthors.com. And please do visit thrillingreads.com forward slash rate to leave a rate and review of this podcast wherever it is that you are listening to it. It's the best way to help me get the word out about the podcast to others. And finally, check out my author website at alanpeterson.com. Thank you for listening, and until next time, when I'm back with another interview on Meet the Thriller Author.